Hi there, and welcome to this podcast <laughs> that is still in the process of being named. And in that, um, I'm just kind of welcoming the ambiguity of, whoa, what's it like here now? All that to say, I'm Elise, still me, still on this journey, and we're actually going to be revisiting some old words today. So if you are new here, um, this podcast is an evolution. It is an honest and long flowing conversation of what it is like to kind of hear about the human experience, sometimes from the therapeutic chair, sometimes from the other side of the couch where it's, it's the client, it's the person who shows up and is seen and heard and witnessed and and sometimes it's the messy middle. Sometimes it's from motherhood or marriage or, um, I don't know, like the different selves that we put on and take off as we live. Sometimes it's about grief. Uh, sometimes it's practical, like here, try this. Let's, let's try this exercise or try this concept or through therapeutic intervention. And, and sometimes it's just reflection. Uh, this is what it's like for me now. This is what it's like for me now. And in, as always, and all of that sharing is the invitation for you to then sit with and consider what parts of you felt connected, what parts of you and your story felt kind of lit up, or like there was maybe a question mark there, or room for embrace. Uh, what and how does it connect um, to your own living and to your own journey? So today is an amends. The amends that I would like to make are twofold. One has to do with the idea of balance versus integration. And the other one has to do with acceptance. So early on in this podcast, I had shared, I think it was like one of my first episodes. It was, I want to say it's maybe the F word is what I called it. Because forgiveness is something that was being rapidly like kind of thrown around as like a something that we needed, I'm air quoting, we need to do in order to find freedom or healing as a part of the journey. And I didn't like it. <laughs> I like was like, ugh, like what? And it felt like there was a tinge of like religiosity there, but also like forgetting rather than understanding what the true meaning of forgiveness was. So I didn't like that it had been kind of washed with the word, like the word felt like it had been washed, whitewashed with something and I'd lost some power. And I didn't like, really didn't like how it came into the therapeutic room and people were using it against themselves. So I'd hear things like, I mean, I really know I should forgive them, but you know, if I could just forgive them then, do you think I should forgive them? You know, well, I, and, and I'm still hurt, but I should forgive. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like who said, who said that? Let's figure out what's going on here. Where did this concept come from, right? And so at the time I podcasted about the idea of acceptance, what would it be like to move outside of what we think we should do outside of what it should look like, how we should feel, as if there is some linear you know, program that we could inject ourselves with and we would just then do that next thing. And what does acceptance feel like? 
accepting that person for who they are, accepting ourselves for who we are, accepting our reality for what it is. Okay. And so again, at the time, that was something I was like kind of like rubbing up against and wanted to shift away from forgiveness and into acceptance. I love the idea of acceptance, especially as a part of grief work. And if you haven't heard me say this before, I'm going to say it again. Um, I tend to look at a large part of our human experience through the lens of grief and that if we were to imagine our grief or our human experience as a spiral staircase where we circle around and up and through different themes or stages like anger, shock, sadness, your depression, bargaining, denial, some awareness, some acceptance, not in that order, right? And again, and we circle and sometimes it gets lighter and sometimes it's heavier and sometimes denial feels like this and sometimes denial feels like that. And sometimes I'm in a stage of like acceptance, which maybe is that I, I can hold that these things have happened to me. And so when I think of that concept, right, the spiral staircase and our, and our moving up and down and through these different experiences in a nonlinear fashion, that we are lifting up out of the primary first floor, we're off the ground of the initial impact. And so you can look at that and think of that as like a single tragedy. So I'll give you mine. The moment that I found out that my brother had been in a tragic skateboard accident and that he wasn't going to make it through the night is uh, the, fir- the ground level. And there were immediate grief response. And this is, this is like... Um, I hope this feels like obvious or textbook in a way because it's clear. There's a moment on the timeline. Fucking hurts. It's the worst. It's, it's, it felt like the end of my life. I was in a state of shock. I was confused. I thought maybe if I get there, maybe if um, I can touch his body, maybe if, you know, there's the bargaining, there's a denial. Like absolutely not. No. No. Like this cannot happen. He is so good. Um, rage. Oh, I wanted to tear the hospital down. I was, I, I wanted to run through the hallway and take every stupid, l- l- shitty piece of art that was on the wall and throw it on the ground and then like make them make me leave, right? I was a million things. I was exhausted. I wanted to fall asleep. So there's some denial. I can't even be present for this. And then cycle, cycle, rapid cycle, rapid cycle. Okay, he made it through the night. Maybe, oh, maybe they didn't know. Maybe they got it wrong. Maybe he's going to make it. Maybe he'll be okay. And then the next morning and seeing him and seeing, oh, no, there's nobody in there. Like his body is here and the life support is doing something, but he's not here, here. He, he is not here. 
so confronted again with a different type of it, of reality. Will I accept that? Can I accept that? What does this mean? It has been 16 years since that moment. And I have been, I'm at a different part on that spiral staircase. Sometimes a new grief of, not sometimes, daily <laughs> a new grief. Sometimes I'll even find myself like, my kid, one of my kids is in baseball right now. And I'll, I'll, I imagine almost like looking over in the stands and thinking like, oh, Chase should be here too. Oh, maybe he's running late. Like I still imagine him into my life now. It's been 16 years. So there's a new grief. He's not going to see my kids play sports or meet his namesake. He's, I don't get to meet his children. There's the grief is new again. And there's a sense of, again, a denial or an anger or a bargaining or I'm pissed or I'm, I'm sad. And then also an acceptance. I accept that this is what is now and this is what it's like now. Okay. Looking at that same lens, that same metaphor through, li- through life, through our lived experience, not only a clear, obvious trauma, like losing my brother in a tragic skateboard accident, Maybe I would look at my experience as a mother, that there have been moments of shock, like, oh my God, I go home with the baby, the baby, they give me the baby and no nurse? Okay, great. Um, Shock, like, whoa, I didn't know it was going to be like this. A depression, for sure. Um, Angry, like, sometimes I have felt like like I didn't know it would be hard like this, (laughs) or I didn't know it'd be this kind of hard, or I wish I had more help. Or I wish I knew how, I wish I had the right people to help me. Or I wish childcare wasn't so expensive. (laughs) Or why can't this go faster? Or I really wish I knew how to do it differently. Okay, so if if I imagine that just my motherhood experience could be also like that spiral staircase, okay? But again, I weave through and emerge through these different phases of our traditional grief cycle, anger and depression, bargaining, sadness, acceptance, okay? This is where we got started. You can take that through yours as well. Try it on. I feel like there's a ton of life there for us if we were to look at that model and use it to explore our own journey. And so you could choose a specific moment for you, a clear grief, and or you could choose that it would be a more generalized experience, your role as a woman, your experience in childhood, yourself in the work world, um, your relationship. Okay, you can pick something that is more flowy and then notice as if you were really circling the staircase, the different things that you have weathered and the different ways that you have flowed between Things that have been clear, you've been aware of. Things that have been sad or disappointing. Things that you uh, bargained that, oh, you know, if I, then this. If I, then this. If he, then this. If he made more money, then. Um, If we had more sex, then. Um, If, do you know what I'm saying? That's the bargaining. We do this in our relationships with ourselves, with our body. If I weighed this much, then. Okay? All of these things are a part of our grief. We're grieving. The idea 
in all of that is that we would move into a place of acceptance. And this is where my amends comes in. At the time, I think my experience of acceptance, I think what I was trying to say under the surface was actually resignation. At that time, what I thought I knew about acceptance was actually resignation. Like, like a um, slumping in my chair, a stark, like accepting. Okay, and this is, this is what the fullness of what I knew about acceptance at that time. Like, it's just what it is. So whether that would be in regards to my losing my brother, that like that acceptance was, these are the facts. There's nothing you can do about it. Kind of rude, you know, kind of like, ow, yeah, yeah, ouch, okay. And acceptance felt sterile in that scenario. The other part, and this is more relational, um, has been my relationship with my mom. There have been years between us of devastation, abuse, uh, silence, deep pain. Ugh, hard, just hard role confusion, you know? Am I the mother or the daughter? Is she the mother or the daughter? And there were years of therapy, and there were years of boundary setting, and there were years, there's years, okay, oh my God, there's been so many years. And there was a season as well where I feel like I had come into a season of accepting her for who she is instead of continuing to bargain that maybe if I am good enough, she will love me better. If I, um, when I was little, if I could do this, then maybe she would, you know, be kind to me too. Or, you know, she would somehow become the mother I've always needed or wanted overnight, you know, which I couldn't even name or identify, but somehow there was this magical thinking, right? Longing, deep longing. When I originally released the podcast on acceptance, I as well was in a state of just resigning to the fact that this is who she is. Like, disconnected. Disconnected from herself, disconnected from me, from reality a bit, (laughs) from who I'm becoming. And I think I understood acceptance as as much as I had lived into it. There was still deep sadness in it, which should have been my first clue, right? That I actually wasn't all the way into acceptance. But there was like a settling, like, you know, um, when you shake up a snow globe and then you watch all the different like little like glitter pellets or whatever kind of float and settle to the bottom. I think that that's kind of what it's been like watching some of the the fragments come to the bottom and settle and seeing what's still there is I know acceptance to be something else now. And that is why I wanted and need to make an amends on that. My experience of acceptance today is I'm not resigned to anything. Not resigned to the longing that I wish my mom was something other than who she is. It's, <laughs> I didn't know that in acceptance, 
I could feel kindness, that in acceptance I could feel tenderness, clarity, peace, that in acceptance, and I'll just maybe think about this about my mom first, that in my acceptance of her, I no longer hold her to someone she is not, and I also no longer hold myself to someone I am not. I no longer hold our relationship to, uh, to be something that I used to think it once could be without the anger, without the confusion, and without that tinge of like, Ugh, but I wish. Because I, I'm like, oh my God, like the, some of these things have been grieved through to a place of completion where I'm not sad about that anymore. Like, I'm like, oh my God, it's it, like that piece for now at this part of the spiral staircase is done. So when something happens in real life, in real present time, where I'm like, oh, I could, I'm like, oh, it's funny. I don't feel the way I used to. I feel like I can look at her and have love for her. And there's nothing else connected to it. And I feel like that's a more accurate experience, at least for me, more honest experience of acceptance is really differentiating between acceptance and resignation. And so I wanted you to hear that specifically. I want you to consider the concepts of forgiveness, acceptance, resignation, I'd love for you to kind of toy with like how close you feel to those different things, whether that again be with a relationship with a person or a traumatic event. Where are you on the spiral staircase in relationship to those things? Is there any more clarity for you or is there another step beyond when we suss out the difference between acceptance and resignation? Did anything click in to place for you or did you already know that? Like maybe you might have already been like, no, 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 at least acceptance is this. And so what is making sense to you now? What feels clear to you now? Is there invitation for you to revisit or have an amends in a different way? The difference between acceptance and resignation as an ongoing here and now lived experience. Now with my brother... There is, and I really, I do not think that this is because of time. I see too many people locked in their grief and time has done nothing. So I'm not going to give time credit in regards to, I, I can't give it all the credit. How's that? When I think about Chase, I've, I can still feel like I am being cut, surgically cut open without anesthesia, like right, like right straight through the middle. It is, um, it is searing pain like that, like it's now. And I can more clearly see him in myself and our relationship with less of the initial shock and acceptance of him and acceptance of me and acceptance of his death 
look different now. And what I've actually, what I needed in that process specifically was the, I don't know if it's permission, but the, um, I need to go all in in all of the stages, okay? Not hold myself back from feeling the level of despair I was feeling. Sometimes I'll do that. I'll, I'll be like, I, I, was, I can remember being so afraid that if I actually felt the level of the sadness that I would die from it. At that time of his death, I was also very locked into a culture where anger and rage would not be appropriate or godly and also not for a, a woman. And, and then given my um, childhood history, that anger and rage were also really unsafe. Layered all that in, anger is a really crucial part of grieving and coming to acceptance. And it was stunted and stuck in me. It was not something I had gone all in on, all right? I was like, I just tempered it. Like, of course I'm mad. And it feels hollow, right? Of course I'm mad my brother died. But God, or whatever. Do you know, like, I'm like, oh, Lordy. I needed to rage. I needed to be so mad the amount of anger required for the depth of loss I was having in order to be complete, like to be have like the recklessness that anger gives us as a part of our healing, to be unhinged. That's a more honest response to the loss of someone so radically crucial to my life. So there was more flights of stairs to evolve through. A first pass of anger being very soft and muted, not knowing how to use my voice, not, like not giving myself over to the full experience of each of these different floors, if you will, that I needed to cross in order to keep moving through the grief and not be stuck in it. And so anger was a really crucial part of that for me to, to be safe enough within me to be as mad as I felt. Okay? That the safety, safety was not coming externally. I set the standard for safety within me. I am safe enough to feel the extent of my feelings, anger or otherwise, joy or otherwise, ecstasy or otherwise, betrayal even. I am safe enough for me to feel the fullness of my feelings. And in giving myself the right to express and feel the fullness of the rage that had been really stuck in me, I also felt myself come in to a place of acceptance that felt like, whoa, like the storm ended. Like the, when it's so, maybe after snowfalls or something, you know, when it's like actually quiet. I hadn't felt a quiet regarding Chase's death. So again, I'm, I'm wanting you just to, I want to give you this picture. I want you to know what it's felt like in me. And I want to continue kind of taking apart and pushing forward the idea of what we're trying to get to if there's a thing. What is acceptance? What's it worth? <laughs> What's it cost? What's it like? And then to make the amends on the difference between what I thought it was and what I am seeing part of it what I can see now, okay?
So that's the first piece. Acceptance as a sense of exhale without the tinge or sting of anything else connected to it. That maybe every single stage of the grief process or the human process would have a right to its full totality. That we could be completely sad without having to feel bad about it. Completely in, our, in the, the manic um, bartering. Without having to be worried. To really give ourselves the opportunity to feel the extent of our feelings and stay connected. Okay, because I recognize that almost on this pendulum swing, that people can have big feelings, explosive feelings, but not be connected enough that they're actually moved through them or that they're actually safe enough that that that's um, therapeutic repair. It's just explosion. There's a difference. And that those of us on the other side of the spectrum who might be more feelings repressed or a little like, let me turn the volume down on myself, might need to feel connected in order to be able to even access those feelings and learn what they feel like and are and what they move like and sound like and are in the body and the brain and the language. And so when you think about your experience and maybe what seat you sit in in regards to how connected you are to you, how safe you are for you, to be able to feel connected to your, and fill in the blank, your rage, your passion, your power, your worth, your joy, How connected are you? How safe are you for you to feel the fullness of what you are, what's your right to feel, right? This is your presence, that I can be present with each step of the spiral staircase. I am here now. This is what it's like now. Okay. I'm going to let this be like part one because it's, I think this is already enough for today to spend time in the amends and getting into the detail around the difference between defining acceptance, separating it from resignation, and allowing every single step to be so worthy to be felt, experienced, and lived so that we can actually take the next whole step on its own. And the next whole step... So we allow completion to occur, the whole cycle to happen. That's the deep repair. I think that's the total restoration. As these things aren't half done or partly felt or kind of said, but they're fully realized, completely experienced, right? So that you know the difference, so that you know when something is done. That's, yeah, that's it. Okay. If you're listening still, would you take some time, write 
or voice memo or type, whatever you do, make art, think, get in nature. Would you take the time to run this through your story? What do you connect to? What do you not connect to? What made sense to you today? What are you curious about? Did anything heal? Just notice. Okay, this is your journey and this is where you get to kind of pick up the pen now and, and keep going. Write out what needs to, what's next for you, what clicks for you. And I will come back next time with part two in regards to making an amends for balance and integration. Cheers.